0: This is the Brown Boy Wonders Podcast. Welcome to the Brown Boy Wonders Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the week, week four of the NFL. But uh, let me introduce my guest here. He is the reigning, defending, undisputed, world heavyweight champion of the world, the FIFA King, Ms. Misba, Ms. how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, bro. How about you?
0: I'm doing good, man. How was your uh, week four of the NFL?
1: Oh, man. Not too good. Not too good. You know, we 3-0 going into Buffalo, but things didn't really work out the way we wanted them to. Uh, but it's hopefully just a minor setback. But, man, maybe Buffalo is the team to beat now.
0: Yeah, I think B- Bills uh, picked it up after the past two games because they lost to the Jets. And I forgot who they faced week two. But uh, yeah. Raiders. Yeah. yeah,
1: Raiders. Yeah,
0: uh, Raiders. But yeah, your Miami is it is a step back, but I don't know what happened because they were not giving it to Hill.
1: Man, it's just that, well, it did have some injuries to the offensive line, so that kind of hurt. Um, the Bills were getting a lot of pressure after the O-line got messed up, so there was that. duo's was under pressure a lot of the time. Um, and then... On, but even then, our offense wasn't terrible. It was just the defense was just getting annihilated. I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs were just every play, whatever they wanted to, they're just going after us. Um, that's going to be the issue, especially with the cornerback situation without Jalen Ramsey. Is has a meniscus injury, he's going to be out for a couple of months. Hopefully, back for the playoffs. But yeah, um, defense isn't too great. But give credit to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the rest of that offense. They just you went know, lights out and put a forty-eight on us. So props to them. But we got to. Definitely, I think our secondary needs to improve, especially with the way th- they played last game.
0: Yeah, I mean, your Miami uh, scored like 70 points on Broncos, so I kind of feel like it's like, kind of like karma come back to you guys. and: <laughs> yeah, um, maybe anyway. Uh, Tua made like 282 yards with one touchdown and one reception, and he mm-hmm. made only three receptions and 58 yards. And your yeah. new yeah. running back, I don't know about his new, but... Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah th-
1: Devon Ashen. Yeah A Ashen. Yeah dropped two touchdowns.
0: Yeah two touchdowns 101 yards carries. So it's pretty uh yeah. uh I think you finally the like, in the bottle with with him and Mostart he's pretty pretty good. Yeah. I don't know where but yeah I mean Miami's facing who next
1: week? Ah, oh, thank God we're playing the Giants, who looked absolutely maybe even worse on Monday Night Football. Dude. So there's a yeah. the silver lining because that team is in shambles.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know what's happening. The head coach, uh, him and Daniel Jones, uh, they're not clicking. But I saw that uh, the head coach just threw the laptop or the tablet to him.
1: Yeah, um, it's like pretty frustrating, especially after that pick six that Daniel Jones threw. I mean, it looks like it's a rough sledding for the Giants, especially with that offensive line. It might be one of the worst in the league. We I mean, have Daniel Jones running for his life, and the run game is absolutely abysmal. Um, I know Saquon's out, so there is that. So maybe it gets a little bit better after he turns, but I don't really see this team going far at all at the way they're currently playing. No,
0: uh, also same thing with like Steelers. Uh, yeah. They they are not the same. I I believe that the Steelers should like hire new coaches or something. I don't know what's going on with them
1: yeah i mean it's kind of the post ben roethlisberger era now moving on with the new quarterback can you pick it uh i mean it's been a struggle these past couple of weeks i think he did get injured i think at the last bit of the game i think he believed he said he'll still play next week but yeah just not clicking i guess right now at the moment he's still taking a time for him to kind of i feel like feel comfortable in a situation and I think it's still too early to say for Kenny Pickett. It's only a second year, so I would give him a bit more time kind of running the offense and things like that. But they're definitely not headed in the direction they want to, so I would say maybe give it a bit more time, see how it goes. But they got to change something over there, especially in the defense. Defense isn't playing too well outside of some of the defensive front, like TJ Watt. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's exceptional, probably one of the top pass rushers in the league, so he's up there. Cameron Hayward did get injured, so he's going to be missed a couple of weeks. Mika also, I think, might be hurt for a little bit. But outside of those players, defenses looks pretty shaky. Patrick Peterson, not what he once was. So I don't know what this next step is with Steelers. Maybe potentially change coaching strategies. But I wouldn't say blow it up on Kenny Pickett yet. But if he plays the way he has been playing for the next couple of weeks, then something's got to change for sure. Well, speaking of
0: change... Uh, the New York Jets.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, Sunday Night Football, that was that was probably the hardest test for Zach Wilson.
1: Definitely, definitely. Under the bright lights, Taylor Swift in the audience, you know, you have to, you have to ball out. And I mean, give credit, that's probably the, one of the best games I've ever seen from Zach Wilson. But unfortunately, oh it all came down to a Sauce Gardner holding call at the end. How do you feel about that?
0: Dude, I was livid. I can't mm-hmm. believe they didn't—they called that as a foul. I mean, I kept re- replaying that over and over. and uh-huh. He barely touched. I mean, he—he kind of did like, a little cross arm over his like head, but he never like really hold on to him.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a bang bang call. I mean, obviously, I can see controversy around it, but overall, pretty good games. Zach Wilson played out. I, I think I performed the homes in almost every category and played pretty clean football. That's the main thing. No turnover football thing is really important. So I'll give credit to Zach Wilson for sure. I just hope that if this is the po- if it, anything comes out positive from this game, is that he played well and that if he can continue to play like that moving forward, especially against some of the easier competition, then the Jets may have a chance to get back into that playoff race. But just the hope is to make sure he stays consistent and this isn't a one-time thing where he just regresses back again. Because hopefully as long as it continues and he goes in the same trend, maybe hope for the Jets after all.
0: Exactly. He just needs to stay calm, don't overthink, do not hold the ball, just snap and pass. Snap and pass. That's all you got to do. It's got to be lo- you got to be quick on it. Can I overthink it? Uh but yeah, I, I'm so proud of him. Uh also the whole Jets uh defense and offense they're they're clicking. I hope they're also clicking to the Broncos because now that's a rival right now because Sean his name, Sean Payton. He said, mm. uh, Anthony Hackett is the worst uh, coach of all time.
1: Yeah, one of the most coaching jobs. And yeah, uh, no, he did blame him. So there's that. Speaking of Sean Payton, though, that comeback against the Bears was wild. I think they were down at one point. Was it 18 points or something, or nothing? 21 yeah. points. And everyone, Justin Fields is having a career, career first half, I think, like three or four touchdowns. But man, the Bears do the most Bears thing. And just blew, blew a very bad lead. Just looks terrible for Chicago right now. Looks yeah. absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah, one of my questions was: Is it time to trade Justin Fields?
1: Oh man, thing is, I feel like any quarterback situation, no matter who they put, it feels like the Bears organization is just wrecking whoever they put in front of them. So maybe, maybe Justin Fields trading him might do Justin Fields better. Good. But I don't know anybody Chicago can bring in right now that can really save this organization because it just seems like there's issues on every organizational level possible, all the way from the GM down to the coaching staff. I think there needs to be a whole revolt in that entire system because it hasn't been working for a very, very long time. They failed. They're failing on Justin Fields. They failed on Mr. Trubisky, number two pick. And who even knows if they pick Patrick Mahomes, how it is clear to shape up. Oh, definitely wouldn't have been successful as he was with the Chiefs. I know that for sure. Would he mm-hmm. even been now? Would he been better than Trubisky? Who knows at this point? So I just feel like there needs to be a really big change in overhaul and overhaul in management in that organization because they're just blowing everything up. I mean, in terms of any position, anybody that goes there is having trouble. Chase Claypool, who they recently acquired from the Steelers, who played actually pretty pretty well with the Steelers, he's not even getting playing time for some reason. So it's just it's just a bad look on their entire organization. So I I hope they figure something out at least, but the good news from all of that, it looks like currently they have the top two picks in the draft. So whether they want to go in a completely different direction, go with Caleb Williams with the number one pick and move on from Justin Fields, that might be an option. But like I said, I don't think it's just the quarterback that's the issue for this team. It's It goes all the way from the top of the organization. So there needs to be some really big change in Chicago, and I think it needs to happen pretty soon.
0: I can see that the same thing with Steelers as well. Um mm-hmm. those two organizations are not doing so well at all. You can see like the media there can there's always frustrations of the Chicago area and Pittsburgh uh they're not having it.
1: For sure, for sure. Uh
0: but uh back to the uh uh Sunday night football. Rodney Harrison from NBC Sports, I believe. He was on the uh mm-hmm. the after after uh after the game, uh, he was interviewing Chris Jones and he said, Uh, yeah, yeah. he said, What did he say? He said, Like, uh, Zach Wilson's garbage, and Chris Jones was like, yeah, yeah. No, he's not. Yeah. He's not. Um, he apologized to Zach Wilson and Robert Sala, but uh, yeah, I don't see a lot of like r- because I, what Ronnie Harrison's doing, he's being real. And I
1: can
0: right. I'm 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 okay with that, but uh yeah. everyone was slandering him for what he did. What were your thoughts on
1: that? Right. I mean, yeah, I get like what he's trying to do, but at the same time, I think it's just that you gotta be cautious with what you're saying, especially on live television. And that the way he was framing it kind of made it seem like he wanted Chris Jones to kind of get on Zach Wilson. Yeah. Even though that's maybe not what Chris Jones wanted or was intended to do. I just feel like kind of putting him in a in that tough situation isn't exactly the smartest thing to do for Rodney Harrison. And, I mean, it's fair to criticize players, obviously, like whenever they're not playing well, I say, especially in the past weeks, I've been critical of Zach Wilson too. But I just feel like after that specific game, I feel like that was probably maybe the best game of his career. It wasn't... I don't think it was a good look to kind of play him at that point, especially after that performance given
0: by Zach Wilson. Yeah, man, he performed the hell out of that game, man. Uh, it's just... I don't know. I mean, I I like how he's being real, but uh, just he should say it in a different phrase or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I just don't agree with the wording he used, especially with the the garbage and everything like that. I feel like uh, Zach Wilson's already has a lot of criticism hurled his way, and especially from the media, from the public, and things like that. So I think it's someone has to. There has to be some people that are trying to uplift him and at least give him the credit that he deserves especially with the performance. So given that, I think Rodney has to step back a little bit and kind of, at least when he wants to say something, don't try to force another player to say something yeah. bad about another player, especially like if you want to call him trash yourself, that's a different thing, but you're trying to get Chris Jones uh, to say something on your behalf possibly. So that's what I wouldn't agree with in that in that situation.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that either. But uh, yeah, we see Alan Lazard and freaking Aaron Rodgers Alan's walking. Rodgers
1: games. Yeah, yeah already had pretty good games. Nice catches in that game for sure.
0: He did, um, but yeah. You think Aaron Rodgers will come back? You can see him
1: walking. Ah, uh, yeah. So what, what I've been hearing is that he's been pretty pretty ahead of his rehab process, especially for torn Achilles. He was on the Pat McAfee show a couple days ago talking about how he's been progressing really fast and he's really ahead of schedule. Now, keep in mind, even though I'm not disagreeing with anything, he's saying that he probably maybe is ahead of schedule and did seem at the game. So everything's pointing towards a positive trend. We have to keep in mind the hard facts, and that is he did have a complete tear of his left Achilles, yeah. which is or left or right Achilles, which was one of obviously the most toughest injuries in sports to fully come back from. And at the same time, he is, what, I think 38, 39 years old, something like that. Yeah. And he's picking up on the age, uh, age timeline. So given all that, I still think at this point for a complete tear, it's unrealistic to assume that he's going to come back in the season. Now, if at anything, I would say that if the Jets do somehow manage to make the playoffs and make possibly a deep run, I could see possibly, possibly, if everything goes perfectly well and he's super ahead of schedule, maybe seeing him in the championship game in the Super Bowl. But that's about as far as I would give it. I would say that anything earlier than the championship game would be just a risk for his overall health and his overall future. I just don't think he'll be fully healthy to play in a game before that, and I don't think it'll be good for his long term health if he re-aggravates that Achilles injury. So I would say at least the bare minimum wait until the championship game. And that's only a situation where it actually seems like he's fully recovered. But I still think it's a high uh highly unlikely. If yeah that's my opinion.
0: Yeah if uh if it's like 50%, 60% recovered, uh-huh. do not play. If it's 100%, right. you're feeling great, feeling good about right. it, come join and play. Because right. as a delusional Jets fan as I am, he is my Jedi Master. Right, and right. Zach Wilson is his apprentice. And uh-huh. everyone is saying uh, Zach Wilson is back into his revenge tour of right. destroying all the teams that's coming up. So... We might be seeing in the next Anakin Skywalker, to me.
1: Right, right. Yeah, the only thing is that I just don't want anything to happen that'll affect his long-term health, especially moving forward. That even if he does play and he's not fully healthy, re-aggravates that Achilles injury, and then goes his next season goes into jeopardy. We want a fully healthy Ryan Rodgers next season, no matter what. So at least we get that whole season in front of us to look forward to. So anything that doesn't jeopardize that next season, I would say is the kind of the key priority to keep in mind as well.
0: Yeah, as long as he's 100% healthy, because I think he signed a two-year uh, yeah. thing, so if you want to sign in third year, do it, If you because probably he might not be recovered until next year, maybe whatever, yep. but uh, another, another year would be really nice. Right. Um, I, did, I
1: think he did express interest of at least playing a couple more years with the Jets, so I don't think he's planning on retiring just immediately, so there yeah. is that.
0: There's that, and then if he is going to retire, I just want him to be a head coach at least. Because uh-huh.
1: same
0: That'd with be uh, that and uh, Tom Brady, I want to see them as head coaches.
1: Yeah, I know Tom Brady signed like a huge mega deal, like a ten-year contract with I don't know some broadcasting company. I don't know if it was Fox or something like that with uh, some broadcasting company. So he's going to be announcing plays over. I think starting next season, oh, okay. Going to be with Tony Romo and Matt Ryan, those people. So I think he'll be on that side of the industry. And maybe head coach, maybe later down the line, who knows. But I think right now that's his goal. That would be pretty cool, though, seeing Brady, Matt Ryan, Romo, all in the broadcasting booth calling plays, things like that. That would be Oops. pretty interesting. I wonder if Rand Rogers joins them later on in the future. I know Gronk <laughs> is already on Fox as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird to see, like, the players you grew up watching in the commentary mm-hmm. booth. Because, like, you see, Damn. like, you know, John Madden or... You see, um, what, another player? And not, like, one of those players. Like, you don't right, see right. them in their prime because right, you always see yeah. them as commentators. But we've seen right. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan play, and now you see them in the uh, commentary booth. That makes you feel old.
1: Right, right it does, but then it's, it's a new generation, man. A new generation of people coming in. And that's how it's always going to be. New players trying to live up to their expectations and things like that, so... Just got to give it to the new people and hope they can uh, just keep moving the keep moving the league forward, you know? And yeah. speaking of new people, uh, Texans rookie CJ Stroud, the quarterback, been playing really, really well from what I've been seeing. I think he's already top five in passing yards in the entire league. And I don't think he's thrown a single interception yet this year. Yeah, so that's pretty impressive given he doesn't have, obviously, the best squad to work with. But from what he's been, it looks like he's been playing pretty solid. So props to him. Hopefully he yeah. can keep progressing forward.
0: Yeah, Houston is underrated. No one's really talking about them being like the top sure. team. I always talking mm-hmm. about Dallas or uh, Bills or Chiefs, but Houston is coming up there. Last year they were pretty bad. A few years ago they were right. pretty bad, but now uh, I think they have a good team.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean I still don't see them as like a playoff team or anything, uh, anything deep like that. But I do see them uh, taking steps forward in the right direction, especially with the Kuwait quarterbacks playing. There's still a few key pieces away, I think, from contending. But at least they have, at least from what I've seen, it looks like they might have a franchise quarterback on their hands. So that's always one good thing. I know the Jets have been trying to find a franchise quarterback for a long, long time. So that's always one thing you want to try to secure whenever you have the opportunity.
0: Yeah, there's like a stat out there. Uh, was it Green Bay Packers quarterbacks? They had, there. they're like three franchise franchise quarterbacks, at least right now, it's. Brett Favre for like the longest time, from 92 to uh, like 2006 or whatever. Then Aaron Rodgers took over. That took over uh, mm-hmm. at least over 10 years. And now we have Jordan Love. So that's only three quarterbacks. Out of the Jets, so it was like oh,
1: at least 20. <laughs> Something uh, like that, yeah. So, I think the Jets and the Browns probably had quarterbacks for days. Oh, man. Both those teams are still... I don't even know. I would think the Browns eventually would stop with Deshaun Watson, but... Even he's kind of looked iffy ever since he left Houston, so who knows how long his tenure lasts?
0: yeah, uh, speaking of quor- quarterbacks, the last time we talked about colin Kaepernick, uh mm-hmm. the rock, the people's champion, he met with Colin Kaepernick and invited him to join the xFL and, oh wow, um, but wow. uh yeah. Kaepernick expressed disinterest in joining the xFL because of uh he wants high salary demand, so he was not. He was not interested
1: in XFL. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, props to him for trying to compete at the highest league. But at the same time, I think you still have to be realistic. Like we mentioned it a little, bit, a little bit, that Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in the league at a high level for such a long time. That how can we know that he's proven himself to be ready at the to be ready to compete right away? So we're kind of discussing that maybe an XFL stop would be a good opportunity to at least showcase your skills. And if you can prove yourself there, kind of. Then we can work our way up. But if he's demanding, not demanding the high salaries for and to stay in the NFL, I mean, he could try. Uh, I won't, I'm won't. Not. I'm i not going to tell anyone to stop him from trying, but I don't know. I don't think that's might be the smartest thing to do right now. Especially considering the time away. How long it's been since he's been in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, hopefully yeah. he'll land somewhere.
1: Hopefully, yeah. Uh, but, well, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, um. Uh, I do have a few questions here. Yeah, go ahead. Who should retire first, Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think right now, right now, it's probably going to be Bill Belichick. Man, especially considering Belichick's been around for I think a little bit longer around for several years i think since the late 90s when he first started with the browns head coach and given credit he's arguably one of the greatest coaches ever uh six super bowls and had multiple championship or multiple afc championship runs with the patriots but ever since tom brady left it's been it's been a bit of a struggle um uh, i don't think the i mean he didn't have the best roster to work with but it's still been a struggle with matt jones I don't know if he's a quarterback moving feature but regardless uh, the Patriots have not won a playoff game since Brady left yeah. and the only time they did make the playoffs they got destroyed by the Bills pretty badly and they've been looked pretty poor to start the season as well and they've had numerous roster turn- turnovers different coaches things like that but it still seems like they haven't been able to get back in that direction they were back when Tom Brady was the quarterback of that team so who knows whether it was really Brady or Belichick carrying the big of the load, but the more as more time progresses, it really seems like it was Tom Brady that was really kind of the leader of that team and kind of helping them head in the right direction. It just seems that without Brady, Belichick's been really struggling to get all the pieces together, even though obviously he has uh, a rookie quarterback to work with when he first started or when Mac Jones first started. So I'm not saying it's the same roster or things like that, but it does seem like Belichick's been declining, and that it was really Tom Brady that was kind of carrying the team uh, on his shoulders. So, I would say that if the Patriots don't make the playoffs this season, or even not even that, if they continue to perform as badly as they have, especially with the way they got destroyed by the Cowboys, Belichick was handed his worst loss in 35 years of coaching. Uh, Or actually, I don't know about 35 years, but yes, whatever amount of time, it's been a long time, probably at least 20 plus years. The thirty-five point loss that he was handed by the Cowboys, the worst loss of his career, and uh, that just happened in three years post Brady. Whereas in the eighteen or nineteen years with Brady, it never happened once. So it just looks like I think they're heading in a different direction. It might be time to kind of look at something new. And he's obviously been in there for such a long time, and that I just think it's his time. Might be time for him to think about something else. Mike Tomlin, on the other hand, although he is struggling. He is in a system where obviously his quarterback's a lot younger than Matt Jones, or at least somewhat younger, and yeah. that he's working with a new system. Roethlisberger just retired a few years ago. Uh, Brady's been out for a bit longer than Roethlisberger has been out of Pittsburgh, so Belichick has had a bit more time to work with. And at the same time, Tomlin is a bit younger. I think he still has a bit left in him. Still hasn't had a losing season yet. Still hasn't had a losing season yet, so there's still that. Um, uh, maybe give it to the end of the season, kind of see how the offense shapes out. And I would say maybe give Tomlin a, two, a year or two left to see how he does with Kenny Pickett. But definitely Belichick with the way he was just handed that worst loss by the Cowboys. It just looks like, I don't know, he doesn't look like he has much time left in him to kind of recover this Patriots team, especially with some injuries. They lost their rookie, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback, was playing really well. So I just feel like it might be having to head in a different direction, but we'll see. It doesn't seem like Bill Belichick's on type, he can get easily fired, especially given all his history with the team. I feel like it'll have to be his decision at the end of the day if he wants to step out.
0: It's I, for me, I think it's time for both of them to retire at the same time. Okay. Uh, they can, they can. Uh, since they don't have their franchise quarterbacks, Bill, Ben and Tom, uh, mm. I think it's time to just to wrap it up. But I do see your point. You, they just gotta roll in with the punches with the new mm-hmm. quarterbacks, yeah. but. They are getting up with age. I don't know who's the oldest uh, head coach. I think it was Tom Coughlin with uh, the Giants.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right.
0: But, yeah, if you're losing, you don't want to end in your career. Maybe you want to end your career on a high note, but I'm just right. trying to find that. Uh, right. Speaking of, sure. high no- speaking of high notes, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of coverage on her to pass Sunday Night Football. Uh,
1: is that necessary? Oh, uh, I mean, obviously, with a star like that, you're gonna see some coverage definitely by the media, by the league, things like that. Now, what's interesting was that I, uh, I remember today, earlier in the morning, that Travis Kelsey, uh, was even saying that in a thing on a podcast with his brother about, yeah, how he doesn't understand the coverage behind Taylor Swift, obviously with the whole thing going on, but he even, he said that the NFL might be overdoing it with the amount of attention they're giving to the situation. So if he's even, even he's saying that, so it does seem like they are may perhaps overdoing it a bit too much in that sense where they're just trying to kind of force it a little bit. Um, And I mean, I do get the point, obviously kind of showcasing a star time like that can attract an audience away from sports that might not exactly watch the football, but might be interested just because of Taylor Swift. And that can obviously get ratings up and promotion up, things like that. But at the same time, I think just don't try to shove it down everyone's necks. Um, uh, There is like a limit to everything. So I would just say let's cool off a little bit. Obviously, I understand the hype around it, but no need to push it in such a direction. Or even Travis Kelsey might be even a little bit taken aback from how much it's been going on.
0: Yeah. um, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning have their Manicast, right? Right. Should uh, take, Taylor Swift take should take over
1: that? Oh never man, like she's got to be a guest. She's got to be a guest for sure. I don't know if she'll do it, but that would be really funny. Like be really interesting, Eli Payton, and Taylor Swift together. That would be a fun time. It'd be a fun
0: time and high ratings right there for Monday Night Football.
1: Definitely, definitely Monday Night Football. We'll see if she accepts, but who never know? Crazy things have happened.
0: A lot of crazy things have happened, but uh. There's this recent interview with Marshall Lynch. Uh he oh, was saying uh, he was man. not yeah, he was not a. Uh,
1: oh man, oh man, oh man.
0: Thought, so, yeah, so I thought, you know, back in 2012, 2013, when Marshall Lynch and Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, Legion of Boom, mm, they, I right. thought they were all tight. They were all cool to
1: each other. But Marshall oh, Lynch. I'm pretty sure they were. I'm they pretty were, sure they were. But, uh, uh but yeah. you all know, um uh we all know the famous incident about that Super Bowl with the Patriots where they didn't decide to run the ball. Oh, Russell yeah. the interception at the goal line. And to be honest, I think Marshawn Lynch never got over that incident. <laughs> without, uh, and, I mean, they should have run the ball, like everyone said, run the ball at the one, win the game, but they didn't. So I think Russell, Marshawn Lynch are a little bit salty ever since that incident with Russell Wilson throwing the pick and Pete Caracol in the play. But I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. It's a tough situation, but I don't think he... I don't think a lot of CX fans have ever go, gotten over that, and I don't think he's gotten over it yet at this point.
0: Yeah, uh, he's not cool with Russell Wilson, and he doesn't care about Pete Carroll. Yeah,
1: but well, uh, it's tough. It's a tough situation, but you know things happen.
0: I remember when uh, Marshall Lynch came back to the Seahawks.
1: Which season was that?
0: Uh, I think it was like when
1: the so Seahawks I he retired for a bit, right?
0: He retired, but he came back for, like, the playoffs.
1: Mm, perhaps. I remember he went to the Raiders as well, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. Man, that was a long time ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But, yeah. Uh, shout out to Marshall Lynch. Uh, he has his uh, series on, I think, on Prime where he vis- visits mm-hmm. the, Mar- the Amish people. And that was really funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he, Marshall Lynch is a funny guy. He's a cool guy. Um, I don't think he means any anything ill, but... Yeah, I mean, I understand being salty in that situation when you're so close to winning a ring, and it gets snatched away from you. So, it's tough. It's tough. Poor guy.
0: Where were you when that happened? When they ran the when they passed the ball, oh and got intercepted.
1: My God, bro, that was an insane game. Because I was rooting for Tom Brady at that time. Yeah, and just wanted him wanted him to win his fourth ring at the time. It was just a crazy game. I remember right before that incident there was this insane catch by Jermaine Kearse in the sidelines. Oh, yes. Where he kind of juggled it, fell down. And then at that point, I was so confused when they were calling the play because I, I initially I thought it was just an incomplete pass. So I didn't really understand what was going on. It took me a couple of seconds to realize that, oh, crap. That passed a completely passed They all the way at the, close to the in the red zone. And I was like, oh, my God. They're actually going to score. They're actually going to score. And then right after that play, they run the ball and the Marshall Lewis gets get stopped at the one. And we're looking at the clock, and the clock is running, and I'm like, why aren't you calling a timeout? Bill, call a timeout. Call a timeout. Clock's running. They can run the ball out or bring it down really close and win the game. And I guess for some reason, Belichick was just happy with the way the defense is set up. Didn't call the timeout. And then Russell wasn't to that pick. Russell's history, I guess. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, to this day, a lot of people are still questioning that call. And, hey, I was happy with it because it worked out for me, but... A lot of Seahawks fans are probably still pretty salty about that. Understandably so.
0: Yeah, uh, that game, that uh, play was like a sl- uh, a quick slant.
1: Yeah, quick slant, yeah.
0: They should have done like on an alert RPO where you fake it to the running back and then pass it to the
1: left. Yeah, for sure. I mean, quick slant. The thing is, it's so quick that usually it's really hard to intercept it. In most cases, worst case, it does go incomplete just because of the timeness of the pass. Someone would have to jump right before the pass, intercept it, and then jump uh, in order to do that. And shout out to Malcolm Butler, probably the biggest play of his life, one of the biggest plays of political history, to actually come up with that interception. It's a tough play; you really have to read it the entire way. And props to him for getting it done.
0: Yeah, man, crazy Super Bowl. I remember that uh, playoff run when your Seahawks beat. I love, I love that uh, that run with. I think he beat
1: Green Bay. Uh, in the playoffs, in the yeah. Play- that Green Bay game was wild too. That that yeah. was, I think that never was um, for the Green Bay Packers. I think the guy he had it in his hands and he kind of dropped it. TX jumped on the possession. One ended up winning in overtime. I believe that guy from the Packers got cut the game after. Super yeah, guy, but bro. it was a pretty costly <laughs> play for sure. Uh, yeah, I do but miss I Young.
0: Run. Run. Yeah, I do miss Young Russ. Um, yeah, pushed- for sure. Oh, she came back, but right now we have what we have right here with um, with with Sean Payton. I don't mm. think it's working for him. I feel like Russell Wilson should go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, possibly. I mean, the Broncos' their defense has been pretty piss poor the past couple of weeks, and outside of Patrick Sertain, even he's been getting beat on a couple of plays. But still, think he can still play at somewhat of high level. Other than that, the entire defense seems like it needs to be revamped. Uh, actually, interestingly enough, I remember earlier today, there was the news of Randy Gregory, the defensive end, being released from the Denver Broncos. Right. And I just remember just a few years ago from the he was uh, he left the Cowboys and he was signed to a pretty big contract, like $70 million plus, and they just decided to cut him. So it looks like I guess he wasn't worth all that money after all. That's pretty, pretty wild for him to see, to get that much of a Big contract and just be released. Feels like either he fell off or just it's not working out for him. So that's just uh bad news for the Broncos defense overall. Another interesting news in the trade department, JC Jackson went back to the Patriots today. He did. Uh, from the Chargers and a pretty interesting move. I remember talking about Christian Gonzalez, the rookie cornerback who's playing pretty well. Looks like he's hurt for an extended period of time. So that's probably why they wanted to bring a cornerback back. They had some familiarity with for JC Jackson wasn't really performing that well in the Chargers anyways. So I guess that's some of a good move considering the Chargers still are paying a big portion of his contract. So there is that, uh, but uh yeah, still in any regards the Patriots defense still is it's decent but I don't think it's living up to the standards that Bill Belichick wants it to. And definitely not the Broncos defense. They they need to do something about that. I still don't think that their defensive coordinator is the answer moving forward Vance Joseph. I think he's going to doesn't have much time left at him. Especially the way he's been performing, the defense has been performing the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, he's not performing really well. Uh we'll see what go what happens.
1: hmm For sure.
0: Um well let's predict our the games for next week. Uh Miami and Giants. What's your
1: prediction? Miami Giants, man. This is gonna be a bounce back week for sure, I'm pretty sure. Especially with the way the Giants playing in that O-line. Yeah. Uh I say
0: 27-7.
1: 27-7
0: Dolphins. Okay. Yeah, I'll say... I feel like, yeah, Miami will come back. Or uh Not Giants. But, yeah, I'll go with, like, 2017 Miami. Okay, close
1: game. Okay.
0: Close game. Uh, we just, I think we'll see Hill pop off as well.
1: Yeah, I think for sure. I, Hill's probably going to burn the corners. Uh, we just need our offensive line to play better than they did last game. If they do, then I don't see the Giants. I see, the thing is, Giants defense is just so it's pitiful, and the offensive line is pretty pitiful too. Now, if yeah. Saquon does come back, that might change things a, bit, a little bit, a little bit. But even with Saquon, I still don't think they have enough offensive firepower to beat us.
0: No, you guys have Waddle Hill. Yeah, too many For guns. Sure. Yes, uh, Jets, Broncos.
1: Jets, Broncos. Ooh. That should be an interesting game. Uh, this, has got, this is... I mentioned this before. This has got to be Zach Wilson's game of the year right here. They're playing one of the worst defenses right now. At least in terms of current form, one of the worst defenses. Mm-hmm. So I think Zach Wilson needs to have a big game. This is his time to shine. Uh, I'm going to go with... 24-20 Jets. Damn. Just like the Chiefs game. High score. Yeah. Yeah. 24-20 Jets.
0: I think they're going to focus on the run game more for the Jets because mm, they... That? Bruce Hall is
1: getting... He's fully fully healthy now, right?
0: Yeah. So, bring him in, bench Dalvin Cook. I know he's a veteran, but just bench him, let Bruce Hall breathe. Bruce. Yeah, so I'll, I'm going to go with 14-3 Jets.
1: Oh, wow. Pretty low scoring. Okay.
0: Low scoring. Uh, because the, the Broncos knows. What they're coming at, or what well, the nose are, what the Jets are coming from. So they're right, they're man. motivated. They want to kill everyone. Well, not kill everyone. They just want to be everyone. <laughs> but in their mind, they want to kill everyone. Um, but yeah, fourteen three Jets. But yeah, any final thoughts?
1: Oh, just go Dolphins, man. We need to bounce back for sure. Let's get this up against the Giants. Let's do it.
0: Playoffs, Jets, Dolphins. I see it.
1: It could be a possibility. We'll see. The AFC East is pretty stacked right now, outside of the Patriots, I think. Definitely the Bills and Dolphins are up there, and the Jets continue to keep grinding out a win uh, moving forward. Then they might be in the competition, too. So that division, keep an eye on that division, man. It's going to be an interesting finish to see who comes up on top.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many uh, games you should lose to get in the playoffs? Or, like, what's the... The limit is like an eight. No, no. Like if you lose five games. I mean it all... is
1: expanded now with the seventeen playoff format. So you'd have to get a minimum of a seventh seed. So I mean I would say that it's also seventeen games, right?
0: Yeah. That
1: perhaps like maybe a ten and seven might perhaps might be good enough to get in. It just really depends how the rest of the season plays out. I would say that ten to ten and seven, eleven and six range is kind of what we're looking at, just kinda of sneaking the playoffs. Because the AFC is pretty solid. You have some good teams, the Chiefs playing well, the Ravens might g not gonna be up there, the Bills are gonna be up there, Dolphins, things like that. So it should be a pretty interesting finish. Well, at least outside of the Bronx, or outside of the Bengals, considering oh, the way man. they've been playing. It looks like their season might be done before it even started.
0: Yeah, Patriots, Bengals, uh, uh Chicago, they're just not doing well.
1: Well yeah, but I mean Chicago's a different story, obviously. No one yeah. expects them to go anywhere. But Bengals obviously coming off uh AFC championship game and Super Bowl before that have just not looked good offensively at all. And a large portion of it I think is due to the injury that was sustained by Joe Bordo's calf in the preseason. Mm-hmm. He just looks like he hasn't been fully healthy and he's just been playing through it and kind of forcing it. So I think it might be time to kind of look at the situation and try to make sure that the next time Joe Burrow plays, he's fully healthy, because otherwise, I don't see them going very far. They're already 1-3, and I don't want to risk his long-term future, so just be careful with that moving forward. Don't let him play through injury if he's not fully healthy.
0: Yeah, that's the reason why they're losing. I should have looked at that before I drafted him in the fourth round in my fantasy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I drafted him and T. Higgins. Um, right now, I am 1-4, in four, or 1-3. in three. Oh, so I'm on the last yeah. place. Uh, hopefully, I'll come back that's from that. Tough. That's tough. Gotta come and, um, back. Don't worry. I'm. I already dropped Burrow, so it's he's not in my uh, <laughs> hair. Gotcha. Uh But uh, yeah, that's pretty much that is it for this podcast, uh, Miss Bub. Where can where can the audience can find you?
1: I just get me on Instagram, MissBubG6. You already know.
0: You already know, and of course, you can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you know you. If you can uh, type Brown Boy Wonders, just type my name, Abrar, B R A R. It would probably be the first one in the search. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, anything you want to say? Any last, one last word?
1: Go Dolphins, man.
0: Go Dolphins. Jets.
1: Bing, bang!